Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So in the news, Joe Biden comes out and potentially triggers the next wave of consumer price inflation, or at the very least, triggers some tailwind to consumer price inflation. How does this play out? Well, let's go through this article. And at the end of this video, try to connect some dots. We're going to go right over to the Wall Street Journal. And here we go. Most of you know that October is notorious for a couple different reasons. First and foremost, like we discussed on this channel today, I think in the last video, October is when we had the stock market crash of 1929 and 1987. And uh, a lot of these charts look like 2023 may end up the exact same way. Again, only probabilities, there are no certainties. But another thing that October is now infamous for is the return to student loan payments, at least for some people. And we've been talking about that on this channel quite extensively, about 35 million people gonna have to start paying back their student loan. But now, 125,000 minus 35 million. And uh, now 125,000, obviously a drop in the bucket. But if it keeps going this way, we could see this stoke another wave of consumer price inflation or at least give it some tailwind here, something we have to consider. So how the White House keeps canceling student debt after Supreme Court ruling. So the bottom line is Supreme Court came out and said, no, Biden, you can't do this. And his administration is just basically telling them to pound sand and giving them the middle finger and saying, okay, Supreme Court, whatever. We'll just go around you by through these loopholes. So in the spirit of the law, the Biden administration is, uh, is breaking, or I should say they're breaking the spirit of the law. That's probably the best way to look at it, which just goes to show you that we're no longer a country of law, just simply a country of men. And the Federal Reserve proved that in 2020, if you had any doubts, when they set up these special purpose vehicles to buy corporate debt that is completely and totally against the Federal Reserve Act. And so exact same thing. If you look at the spirit of the law, they were in violation of it, no doubt about it. So getting back to what the Biden administration is doing right now, uh, initially they said that they wanted to, this is what they presented to the Supreme Court, I guess, or what the Supreme Court knocked down is they wanted to cancel $20,000 in student loan debt or up to $20,000 in student debt for any borrower who earns less than $125,000. Supreme Court said, no, you're not going to do that. Uh, then the Biden administration laid out the objectives, remarks promoting the latest forgiveness on Wednesday, bring student debt relief to as many as we can as fast as we can. And the way that they're getting around this is the government has the ability to forgive certain debts. And they're saying, okay, well, if we can forgive these, then it's not, let's just forget about the fact that it's student loan debt. Let's forget about that Supreme Court ruling thing. We'll just pretend that it's this kind of debt and we'll go ahead and just forgive that. Now, for these students, this is fantastic news at surface level. But once you start thinking about it, you're like, okay, well, these students are taxpayers and they're going <laughs> to end up paying for this one way or the other. And where this really gets inflationary, I think, is when you think about the velocity of money. It's not so much that this is creating currency units uh, or it isn't destroying as many currency units as would have been destroyed uh, by paying off debt. Uh, 
And therefore, this is a matter of M2. It's more so a matter of velocity, in my opinion. So what they're doing is they're saying, look, we're going to take from savers because the way that they're funding this is through deficit spending, right? Because you've got all this money that should be coming into the government that isn't. And if that money was coming into the government, they could go ahead and they could spend that out to the economy for other reasons, or they could go ahead and they could just, uh, well, they're reducing the debt, that's for sure. But then they could take those funds and they could go ahead and, like I said, the tax money is coming in. Uh, that pays off the debt, that reduces the liability on the balance sheet for the debtor, and then that reduces the asset side of the balance sheet once they go ahead and take that money and spend it back into the economy. It's just like you collecting $1,000 because you lent it to your buddy. That $1,000 comes back to you. Now you've got it. You go ahead and uh, extinguish the debt, and then you can go ahead and spend that back into the economy. It's the exact same thing here. So what they're doing, basically, my point, is they would be taking money out of savings because you assume that the people that are buying these treasuries are buying them from their savings that they have accumulated. You're probably not their checking. It's probably not money that they're going to need for rent this month. It's probably money that they've accumulated uh, above and beyond what they spent, right? You produce more than you consume. So you've got this savings. You give it to the government. They give you a treasury in return, and then they go ahead and take your savings, and they spend that out into the economy, and that turns into checking, you see. So what's happening there is they are adding more checking account or higher checking account balances to these borrowers at the expense of taking savings for other from other people. So if you look at M2, it might be a wash, but in reality, that could, that could exacerbate inflation, at least give it a tailwind, all else considered, because you're taking very low velocity money from savings and turning it into higher velocity money with checking. So let's keep going down the article here. So Wednesday's announcement, that's today, of $9 billion in student debt cancellation for 125,000 borrowers, the latest string in sizable discharges, helps just a small slice of the 40 million who hold debt. Current batch of target borrowers who were enrolled in public service, so government taking care of their own, and income-based loan repayment programs and borrowers with disabilities. So basically poor, disabled people, and then people that work for the government. And uh, follows a decision in July that wiped out the remaining balances for 800,000 lower income borrowers of part of a one-time adjustment to loan repayment plans. So you, when you look at just what's happened today, you, you see the 125,000. It's like, well, does this really move the needle? But then what happens is you look at this first chart, which should absolutely shock you. We've got a total of almost $1.5 in student loan debt. But look at the forbearance for a moment. We've discussed this on the channel, how many are actually repaying their loans as of right now? Uh, because you'd think, my gosh, if 40 million people have student loan debts, what, maybe 20 million of them are paying it back? No, try 500,000. I can't really focus in on that, but you can visually see it here when this light blue shaded area is the amount of people that were actually making payments prior to the Cervasa sickness. And then this light blue shaded area goes from the majority down to just a sliver, just a sliver. <laughs> it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. So this entire, look, the shaded area grew by about a trillion dollars. It's a trillion dollars more, meaning the amount of, uh, of student loan debt that's in forbearance went up by a trillion dollars. 
So now in October, that is supposed to go right back down to where it was prior, which call it 120 billion. So let's just say, you know, 900 billion is going to have to start being repaid once again. But then the Biden administration is trying to kick that can down the road because they know it's going to buy votes. I mean, that's obvious here. So you look at the 125,000 people who this affected today, the 9 billion, you're like, yeah, that's just a drop in the bucket, no big deal. But then you look at this number, 127 billion in canceled loans so far. So we were right around 1.5 trillion. Now they've already canceled one, uh, 127 billion, which call it 10%. So it, it's, it's adding up all of these workarounds that they're doing to circumnavigate the uh, decision from the Supreme Court. And, uh, you know, basically giving the Supreme Court and the law the middle finger is starting to add up to real numbers, which can directly impact consumer price inflation moving forward. Again, I'm not saying that this would completely overwhelm a deflationary type of event like, uh, you know, a stock market crash, like we were talking about earlier, or a recession where unemployment goes up. I'm not saying that this would uh, cancel out the effect. And therefore, that disinflationary event, or possibly even a deflationary event, like we saw in 2009, would be completely overwhelmed by uh, these student loans not having to be repaid. Therefore, we shouldn't expect for inflation to come back down below 3.5%, even if we had some sort of stock market crash. That is not what I'm saying. We've got to understand that there's like thousands of cross currents at play right here when we're trying to figure out what's going to happen to consumer prices. And this is just one of those cross currents. I'm saying that this cross current was, let's say, this strong before, and now it's this strong. Now, how strong does it need to be to overwhelm a disinflationary or deflationary event with a recession? I don't know. I don't know. But it would have to be a lot stronger than this. <laughs> the precision you get here on the Rebel Capitalist channel. Hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Ceresna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Moving on down the article Oh, they talk about the education department is making another attempt at mass relief by using more uh, circumscribed regulatory process rulemaking hearing as the department begin next week. Yeah, they're just trying to do more and more and more of this. Look, it's just buying votes. I mean, we just need to understand that's what this is all about. And going into 2024, there's probably an increasing probability that they do get enough of this student loan debt forgiven to where it, it moves the needle. Because this is one of the only ways that they figure they can probably beat Trump. And behind the scenes, 
that's most likely what's going on. So then the question becomes, well, what do you do about this? That's what we said in the title. Do this ASAP. I can't give you any personal investing advice. I can only tell you what I'm doing. And with my portfolio, I set it up in something I call 10-80-10. So 10% of that is just an insurance policy. And that would be physical gold. Doesn't matter the price. It's To me, that's completely irrelevant because I'm buying it. I, I don't, I'm not planning on selling it ever, quite literally. It's just there as a placeholder, again, a social, uh, like a, not social security, like insurance against who knows what happened. It's really the stuff hitting the fan. And it just gives me kind of peace of mind, helps me sleep well at night, know that that part of the portfolio, most likely over the long run, is at the very least going to keep up with the rate of inflation and maintain its purchasing power. So uh, that takes me to the Rebel Capitalist Pro Forum. And for those of you who don't know, I've got a service called Rebel Capitalist Pro. I partner with Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It has their back-end research, which is fantastic. We do live streams uh, every single week with me and Lynn, Chris and Brent Johnson and Patrick Serezna, Jason Hartman, all of the pros where you can ask questions to them directly and they can answer them. It's just an invaluable service. But one of the things that makes it so special and unique is the fact that we've got all of the Rebel Capitalist pros interacting on these forums. And this is something that Josh told me about today that I didn't even know. So they are talking about this in the forum right now as we speak, the Rebel Capitalist Pro members, saying that you can now buy gold bars at Costco. So I don't know if you can buy them in bulk or <laughs> what that means. I don't know if, uh, you know, you go there and load up on mayonnaise for the next five years and pick up a couple gold bars. <laughs> so uh, there's, and what's interesting, one of the, the pro members here is, uh, I should probably block out their screen names, but uh, hopefully they won't mind. Um, one of the, the, the pro members points out that if you have like a Visa card, where you get 2% cash back, I mean, this could take care of the spread. So you could be buying it right at, at, at spot. Now, uh, again, I don't want to go, yeah, I probably shouldn't go and scroll down there because I don't. I want to keep that anonymous for those pro members. Although most of them just kind of use a username that isn't their real name. But uh, toward the end there, I saw some people saying that there's a limit on the amount of gold that Costco allows you to buy. Uh, I don't know why they would do that. They're probably short on supply. I would assume that if this is a big seller, which I, I, I would imagine it would be right now, uh, that they'll that they'll see that there's enormous demand and they'll go ahead and buy more. I mean, if you're Costco, why would you not do that, right? So maybe this could be a way to get gold at an even cheaper rate than you would from your local dealer. I don't know. I, I'm not a. I don't uh, get the specifics of gold. I'm merely a, a novice. Uh, by no means an expert, but it's definitely something that uh, you might want to look into if you are one of those people like me that just buys gold constantly as 10% of that portfolio whenever you have additional savings uh, that, that you earn above and beyond what you're spending. And if you want to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro uh, for more ideas, more tips like that, the live streams, the back-end research from Lynn Alden, Chris McIntosh, etc., cetera, uh, you can check that out at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. Uh, Gene, who runs that for me, does a $1 trial offer. You sign up for a dollar, you get it for a week, check it out. You can't beat it. You're going to love it. georgegammon.com forward slash pro.
All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. If you want to see more of the most important recent stories we have discussed right here on this channel, Josh will put them in a playlist right about here, and we'll see you in the next video.